Thanks for listening to the Kojima Frequency. This week on the show, we have YouTuber Max Darrett. And if you're enjoying the show and want to help support it, make sure to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash kojimafreak. Yo, it's Apache Smash. Hey everyone, this is Days Ahead. And I'm Nitroid. You're listening to the Kojima Frequency. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. I'm finally, I'm glad we're finally uh, able to do this. It was a pleasure meeting you at, at the con, and I'm, I'm sorry that it took us this uh, long to get things set up. But uh, yeah, happy to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. Scheduling is probably the hardest part of podcasting, to be honest. <laughs> like yeah. Just trying to figure it out with everybody. It was funny because I, I distinctly remember Apache being like, yeah, Max over there. I'm going to ask him if he wants to be on our show. And he came up <laughs> and we were like, hey, do you want to be on our show? And you're like, sure, I guess. And then you see who we are and like, oh, my gosh, the Kojima frequency. Yes. And that was just really <laughs> flattering. So thank you. Yeah, you're like, of course I'll be on your show, strange people. (laughs) (laughs) You guys were super duper nice and everybody else was too. It was a lovely, just, I don't know, felt like like being around family that I never knew. It's hard to explain. No, that, I get it. It was that feel at that convention, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. that that event, there were so many people I just had a blast talking to, but I didn't have enough time. You were Mm -hmm, one of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we were we were supposed to talk a lot more than we did, Nitro, but you, you were having technical problems, and yeah, there just so much stuff that we had to get to. Yeah, fitting everything into one day like that, just, just, yeah, we need another one of those. Yes, please. Amanda, please. It was amazing. <laughs> we're working on it. Uh, we have talked about making it a two-day, but that's just like double the expense and all that, too, so it's, yeah. it's tricky. We'll, we're working on it, though. We'll figure something out. It'll be fun. Cool. How hard is it to like keep your anonymity while going to a public facing event like that? Well, that was the first time I'd actually ever done it, so um, but it, it was really easy. I just, <laughs> you know, with the I, yellow, uh, yeah, yeah, yes. in case uh, you know, people are watching, like uh, wondering what's going on and who am I? Uh, well, I, I'm a YouTuber and I am anonymous online, I don't show my face, so going to a con that posed a tricky thing, but I use it as an opportunity to sort of promote my brand because uh, the way that I show up on YouTube is as a yellow Simpsons character. So if I'm going to yeah. show up in real life, might as well carry that joke on over. So I wore a yellow balaclava yeah. and, uh, it's on brand. Yeah. It worked out. Yeah. yeah. Can I just say mad respect that you called it a balaclava instead of a, instead ski, of a mask? ski mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And thankfully, I guess because I was at a Metal Gear Solid conference, nobody really, uh, said anything about it. The only person that actually, uh, wondered why I was doing that was Cam Clark when I went up to him while he was uh, <laughs> signing stuff. And he's like, I, I I feel so bad for you having to wear that around. And I said, well, I'm from Canada. So, you know, we're kind of used to it. It's cold up here. So, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, sorry, what, did I answer the original question? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the yeah. anonymity, the anonymity. Yeah. So it, it was really easy because um, nobody brought it up and nobody was trying to take it off. And yeah, it was fine. That I mean that that would would be my concern. I guess this one uh, pulling it off or whatever. But like you know, it... well, see the great thing about Metal Gear fans is they're what, what can I swear on this show? Yes. Oh yeah, go ahead. Okay, go. yeah, be, the Metal Gear fans aren't assholes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're awesome. So it's fine. At least not the ones at the convention. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. They might be on Twitter, but it, not in person. Everybody <laughs> that I met was lovely. Yeah, they don't have the guts to show up in person. Um, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'd said something similar before before the convention as well. So. <laughs> but yeah, you did the uh, the the content creator panel. Um, you yeah. did that with uh, DRK and the Hyung. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that that seemed like a a good panel. Um, you had uh, Robert Allen Peeler too up there. Just you know, we love Robert. He's he's so great. We've had him on the yeah, show. Yeah, he was before. great. Yeah, did a lovely job moderating. And shout out DRK too. He's he's awesome. Mm-hmm. They, they they were super duper nice. I wish I could have uh, spoken to DRK more, but he was at the back of the convention hall. Whereas Young, yeah, he was just like a couple tables down from me. Uh, got a couple of pictures with him too. Um, yeah, and doing the 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 panel was an absolute blast. Never in my life did I think I'd be able to do something like that, especially with a guy who. Like I watch on the regular young. Yeah. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It was really funny. Robert was just giving you guys some like great questions and you know, that like, that's the kind of stuff like it's good. You know, those quick kind of blast questions where it's like this or that, you know, like, or like pick, mm. pick what, which metal gear do you like? You know, it's just like good subjective questions. It's just like, you know, it don't matter, but I like metal gear Rex or, you know, whatever it's, you've got your own yeah. reasons for it. The, yeah. It was just a celebration of being a metal gear fan. Exactly. Which is yeah. uh, something we, <laughs> people like us have uh, been starving for for the last eight or so years hopefully we don't have to wait much longer though yeah it's uh, literally been eight years since i think mgs5 had its birthday recently it's eight oh, years yeah. get, get yeah. your tweets ready next year we can make all the jokes yeah that's gonna be such a dead joke next year jesus uh-huh what do you mean sorry what do you mean just i'm afraid it's been nine years nine like year. every try hard account's gonna be doing this. oh it's, just, it's gonna be a time Right. That's <laughs> so true. <laughs> Someone's going to be like, I'm funny as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. We need to have a pre-baked response for everybody yeah. that makes that joke. Yeah, we need to get ahead of it. Well, I mean, we're kind of already used to it every single year whenever April 30th rolls around and we roll our eyes then, right? I think we can handle another one of those. Yeah. Right, but that's why you got to get ahead of it, which is why I've got like a, you know, Jack, do you know what day the day after the day after the day after the day after tomorrow <laughs> is? Like, just get ahead of Nitroid it. Nitroid starts posting a week ahead of time, yeah. Just, right, right, right. Like, I, you know, get ahead of the curve. Yeah. Well, we got into an argument about MGS5 on the group chat earlier. This <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> People argue about that game? I thought it was very appropriate for the birthday. It wasn't even an argument, too. It was kind of just like, we were all just like stating like what we like about it. And like, or like, you know, do you prefer this or that? Like cassettes versus codecs. And, what do you, you know, mean, just... like? <laughs> <laughs> I know, you guys have spent a little bit of time on DRK stream. You're like, fuck MGSV. But no, I, re- I, I replayed it. it. I replayed it recently. I know, yeah. What, what flavor was the Kool-Aid? I think, I think, I think what really set me off was Apache reminded me that like all of the 10 out of 10s that came out of that and like the fact that the jur- like gaming journalists got that from sitting in a room for like 20 hours and just playing the first 20 hours of the game nonstop. Like there was some level of, of indoctrination there, some sort of like, I mean, so they did, they didn't get to experience chapter two then they didn't have to do any of the mission replays. So probably everything exactly. that they did play was like, all right, all right, this is looking really great. I they mean- were probably like, they're probably like, Oh, that climactic shit's right around the corner. Yeah, I know it's going to happen. 10 out of 10. This is going to wrap up smoothly. <laughs> and now Apache got me thinking about it. It's just been stressing me out. I mean, that's, that was the conversation we were going to have. And it was like, look, we can pick away points on these games, you know, and say, all right, we'll take away 0.5 for this or, you know, story didn't make sense or whatever. But like, you know, at the end of the day, it's all just subjective. Like we can have these janky games that have a lot of problems, but we're still going to be like 10 out of 10 best game ever. 
you know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's all subjective. So it's reviews themselves are kind of just, you know, they're just recommendations. That's, that was kind of like, yeah, the big thing was like, all right, well, I like recommendations, but I don't necessarily look for reviews and be like, okay, that's going to match my opinion. Right. So no, I, I think you had a good point though, fingers earlier. It was, it was there, you know, there's really only one 10 out of 10 game and it's super Mario RPG. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's what I was saying. I was just listening to some tens and I was like, these are undeniably, you know, you got Chrono Trigger, you got Turtles in Time. I mean, you can't deny those games. I mean, they're just, they're perfect. I mean, I, I would put Final Fantasy VIII on there, but I know like everybody on the planet would shoot me down. <sighs> that's your if that's your ten, baby, you go ahead. You you let that be your ten, okay? <laughs> like that's that's the way I'm going to take it. You know, that's that's how I like to view this stuff. It's like these are games; they're here for us to have fun. Like they can have problems, but we can still love them to death. MGS two and Kotor are probably my tens. Yeah, yeah, uh, MGS two certainly for me, and Chrono Trigger. Yeah, I don't think there's. Chrono Trigger is like one of those very few games where there's like absolutely nothing wrong with Mm -hmm. that game. Everything about it is perfect. Also, Super Mario RPG, that's one that I have yet to play, but my Mm. wife is just absolutely gaga about that game and uh, can't wait for the uh, remaster, remake, or whatever the hell you want to call it coming out in November. So I'm going to check that out. Yep, that's all I wanted to say. I would say play the original, like check out the yeah. original, and th- and then you know whatever the remake has to offer too, like check that out for sure. But like, man, the original is very worth your time. Like, okay, it's, it's not yeah. too too long. It's not like one of these like grindy RPGs. Like you can get through it pretty okay. Just like <laughs> as long I, I screwed myself over on the very first playthrough by like assigning every bonus into HP instead of like my attack and magic power. Mm, so I was oh like, no, HP is the most. <laughs> that's the most important stat <laughs> you're supposed to look for the ones that get the bonus but yeah no i just i just <laughs> hit hp on every time and uh i got to the final boss and was like oh fuck um never mind yeah. culex yeah so. it makes you feel any better i probably do the same thing when it comes to rpgs i'm kind of yeah but yeah that's i mean you know but yeah go into it like you don't have to sit there and grind levels or anything and, and just the the story and everything is just so fun and sarcastic and 90s humor it's we, we've talked about it on previous episodes <laughs> yeah it's so perfectly yeah it's so perfectly paced perfect we paced Max, um, I'm, where, where do you land on the on the Phantom Pain? I'm gonna ask that like I haven't watched your um, 53 minute video about it multiple times. Oh, you, oh well, <laughs> thanks, man. Um, well, in regards to five, look, th- does it have problems? Absolutely. The the stuff like repeating the missions in chapter two, uh, the way they handled certain characters. I think the bosses overall aren't as consistently good as they are in past titles. But yeah, the game play is without a doubt the best that it ever was in the series i still think the story even though obviously it's probably you can make a pretty good argument that's the worst out of all the mainline entries it's still really good because you know most metal gear solid stories are better than most yeah stories in games and even metal gear solid 5 stands out compared to most yeah was it disappointing compared to everybody everything else yes but it still had a lot of good stuff in there so overall i'd say the game is like just because the gameplay was so good, uh, I would elevate it to a nine out of ten, uh, or maybe like an eight point five. But overall, yeah. a ten out of ten, no, but still really damn good. That's why I rated it like eight point five. It was, it's like you know, yeah, sure, it's got problems, but like overall, I think it was very fluid. I like, I loved the stealth encounters that I had. Like a lot of these bugs that you know that these guys are digging up, I, I was like, hmm, didn't ever run into that myself. But like that doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, that doesn't mean that their points aren't valid. That like, oh, this game could use some patches and some updates that could fix these things. You know, just enemy AI pathing and stuff. But just 
for the casual person just playing through it and going through, you know, I put 300 hours on it and didn't really have a, a bad time or a crash or anything really. Mm-hmm. So just for me, I just, I had a good ass time and like, yeah, the, the story was delivered in a different way with the open world and the pacing of that. But like, if you put it all together, I thought it was kind of a cool narrative and, and it's, you know, switched up the whole ending of Metal Gear 1, which that was kind of all I really needed. I was like, all right, cool. That's, that's good. Well, the issue with MGSV, and and we've talked about this before, is that it's kind of got a perfect alibi for any of its faults. Yeah. Right. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So it's really hard to... And and it came out at at the worst possible time amidst the drama uh, going on at Konami, so it's really hard to, to like, detach the game from those issues and look at it, you know, sort of... I don't want to say objectively, but with all the information available. Yeah, because there, there's so much baggage attached to that game. It's really hard to critique properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's true. I feel like I'm a lot like the Phantom Pain because I'm a bit of a mess. I'm not 10 out of 10, but people still love me. <laughs> As a Jets fan, I'm feeling a lot of Phantom Pain this week. <laughs> He's still getting paid 75 mil. He's all right. He'll be okay. Yeah. Who gives a fuck about him? I'm not going <laughs> to be okay. Say, he's fine. Y'all aren't. But yeah, that's that's how you get out of a season and still get the bag. Yeah. They need to patch like the leopard tortoise rarity. Um, You know, if we want to get real nitpicky. Um, I spent like three hours like <laughs> <laughs> just like launching the same mission, spending GMP, like basic loadout. Like, is he here? Is he in the cage? Mm. Fuck. Nope. <laughs> Gotta cut, like, you know, just for a, a trophy or whatever, you know, it's. That was like my most frustrating moment with the game. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, dude. And I'd platinum that game and also got it to uh, all the gamer score on Xbox. And yeah, by far that was the hardest part of it. That was such a pain in the ass. Yeah. Uh, fucking leopard tortoise. <laughs> well, when we were talking about what sort of makes it ten out of ten to people, it really is sort of like what what feeling did you walk away from it with? You know? It, yeah. Just vibes. It's not like most people aren't going to spend you know, a thousand hours in that game, seeing every possible nook and cranny and every weird little emergent, you know, quirk it has. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're going to, you know, maybe spend, you know, anywhere. Like I, I spent probably over a hundred hours in that game. I didn't have any issues with glitches. Um, certainly had annoyances, but, but it was nothing like fundamentally game breaking. Mm-hmm. But the more, I mean, yeah, we were saying this in the chat earlier, and it's what I think it is one of those familiarity breeds contempt sort of things. <laughs> the more yeah. you play a game, the more you start, sort of start to see the cracks. Yeah, that's the thing, though. Like with, with, with like MGS2 is the only game I would rate a 10 out of 10. I wouldn't. And I love that game more than life, man. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, from the first moment I played it, I felt like it was a 10 and I've gone back and played it over and over and over again. And every single time it hits, every single time. It's this perfect piece of fiction, I guess. It's mm-hmm. it's it's not aged today. I mean, I can tell you the game's biggest flaw. I can I can tell you right off the bat what the game's biggest flaw is. Okay. <laughs> if you don't know MGS one, it doesn't work. I get people into Metal Gear all the time, starting with two. It, uh, I'm sure you can, but it but, works. But, no, but it, it, it works fine on its own, but it works so much better with MGS One. Like I see what you're saying. Like yeah, but it doesn't like not work at all. It's just this wonky, surreal thing. Yeah, I'm not saying it doesn't work at all. I'm just saying. It, ah, it, okay. Yeah, it, it, it's. I don't. I just wouldn't give it a ten out of ten. And I and seriously, I love that game. That's like saying Terminator Two uh, is great film, but like if you haven't seen the first one, uh, it doesn't really <laughs> no, work. Like, no, hell no. No, yeah, T Two stands alone. It is <laughs> that's, okay. That's different. 
That is very different. It's food for thought, certainly, that, you know, we just talked about, you know, it's very subjective. It's very vibes based. And now we're talking about, um, you know, <laughs> like these certain little elements. Like, I didn't realize that could have I didn't even think of that as like a rule. Like if it's dependent on the previous iterations, then it's not perfect. I don't think it is a rule. But yeah, like a good example, like the new show uh, Ahsoka that's coming out. It's like it's got all these Star Wars characters that if you haven't watched Star Wars Rebels, you're not going to get any. All of a sudden you're just like, okay, who the fuck are these new people? Why should I care? You lose all of the context. Okay, but none of these examples are deconstructing their prequels. Sure. But I'm just saying like, yeah, the context makes it better. Or making a major plot point, the recreation of the prequel. Like it is, it's it's not just like you're missing context. It is fundamental, yeah, to getting that game. I, I get it. I to to getting it, but it also just like exists on its own. Yeah, like there is that whole meta narrative and like oh, it does emulate MGS one, but like there is just like a plot and a lore. Dude, you're literally Peter Griffin. It insists upon itself. <laughs> That's you right now. And <laughs> hey, Nitroid, can I uh, sort of just. Uh, Throw a question at you, just building off of that. Shoot. Uh, uh, so you could say the same thing for Metal Gear Solid 1, though, Ooh. with the events of Metal Gear 1 and Metal Gear 2. Ooh. And, you know, being able to understand what the hell, like, who's Gray Fox and why the hell should I care about him and, like, what happened in Zanzibar. Like, I played Metal Gear Solid 1. And yeah. I never played Metal Gear 2 before that. And I understood everything that was going on. Now, for Metal Gear Solid 2, is it more complicated? Yes. But would you say that you have to understand everything that happened in Metal Gear Solid 1 in order to get a decent idea of what happened in Metal Gear Solid 2 to understand everything that I was trying to say? Okay, I don't, like, just to be clear, I don't think it's necessary to enjoy, it's, it's, I don't think it's necessary to be familiar with MGS1 to enjoy MGS2, but to understand what it's trying to say. Absolutely. Right, but that's my, that's my but question. That's not, but it's a very different dynamic. And looking at like Metal Gear 1 and 2 to Metal Gear Solid, you know, that's a fairly straightforward, you know, story progression. There's, you know, there's there are things that happened that help you understand what happened in MGS1, but there's no sort of like larger meta narrative yeah. point being made by Metal Gear Solid 1. Whereas in Metal Gear Solid 2, it is like fundamental to the structure of what that game's doing. That's more like the Star Wars analogy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I suppose, yeah, you're right. It's just a continuation of the canon timeline versus like this thing that's like, all right, we're going to redo what they did in this game and then clone what they did in this game. Like, yeah, I I see what you're saying, Nitroid. Yeah, it's 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 context, but it's so much more. Yeah, there's a deeper layer of appreciation that comes along with having played Metal Gear Solid 1 before 2, even though you can enjoy 2, but in order to get the full profundity of what 2 is going for, I do suppose that you have to have pl- at least played the first one. That's true. Just just to be clear, if I if I was going to give MGS2 a 10 out of 10, it's because of those elements that elevate it to that point, but without them, it just it just it doesn't completely work. Let me let me just ask one last very small clarifying question. When you say a 10 out of 10, like my personal, do you like consider the game to be perfect? 
No, because I don't really think that's a thing. You know, this okay. is sort of what we were trying to get to the heart <laughs> of earlier. Is like, what even is 10 out of 10, right? Like, I see. Yeah, review scores in general are just like, okay, this is just a bunch of subjective bullshit. Someone just be like, I really like this, 10. Like, you know, it's just yeah. like, yeah. okay. It's but so like, true. Is someone adding up like, all right, 0.5 for sound technicality. All right, Dolby Atmos <laughs> activated. All right, another 0.2. Okay, great. No, nobody now we that. have sensitivity thumbs. You know, it's just like. No one's really, yeah, it's just all subjective. Like, ah, give it a six. It's kind of like, how are you feeling today in the doctor's office? And you just point at the one that kind of looks like your face right now. It's just like, I don't know, it's subjective, <laughs> just like not very scientifically accurate. But like, why are we trying to scientifically measure video games as well? Right. It's just like, no, it's just like, what do you like, bro? Like, what makes you happy? And it, as GamePro had it, like the fun factor. It's like, you having a good time? Like, <laughs> that's the biggest one for me. Like, fuck the, you know, it was like graphics, controls, sound, fun factor. <laughs> and it was like, mm -hmm. that's the one that I looked at. Like, yeah, why do you, yeah. I mean, this is why people argue about it so much. Yeah, rule number one of reviewing something on the internet, don't give it a score of a 10 out of 10. Because yeah. I gave, <laughs> I, look, I gave, like Death Stranding, for example, that's a game that I've grown to appreciate greatly mm -hmm. over the last several years. But when I played it for the first time, I gave it a seven out of 10, which that's, is in, in my mind, a very good game. Uh -oh. That's fine. That's great. Yeah, no, that's good. That's yeah. a good game. But people lost their ever-loving mind because yeah. I gave the, that the score. On the upper side of it, like people were saying, like you should rate this higher, or people were saying like it should be even lower. Both. Okay. Like, yeah. yeah. And that's that's, that's that. really funny too. Yeah. It's like, it just pisses yeah. me off because it's like, well, I'm what I the reason why I gave it a seven. You tried to meet him in the middle, but fuck him. Exactly. Yeah. My, my point, what I said with that game is that Death Stranding has some of the greatest moments that I've ever experienced in a game from Kojima, like ten out of ten moments. But then it also has serious low points that I mm. considered a four out of ten. So I sort of evened it out. And ever since then, people just. Anytime people want to discredit something that I say, like in regards to anything, they'll be like, you gave Death Stranding a seven out of 10. And sometimes they just say that and they don't add context onto it. Like, wait, are you saying that it should have been lower or higher? Yeah. This one guy said, you left, you gave Death Stranding a seven out of 10. And I just replied to him. And like, what's your <laughs> point? <laughs> wait, what are you getting at? Yeah. Right. That's the right response right there. Right. And give, like, give me something to work up. No, that's like how earlier I was talking about sort of my method of how I kind of look at reviews. And what I like to do personally is just find people that I typically align with or, hey, I see that their tastes, you know, kind of match with mine. And, you know, it's not the end all be all. Uh -oh. But it certainly gets my attention more than like a 10 out of 10 nowadays mm -hmm. or 10 out of 10 from just anybody nowadays. Like it's it's more of an accurate representation of how I would likely experience the game. Yeah. What you just described, I feel like, is the evil version of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's scary. And it's scary that people can. I don't know. Take take advantage like that. It's scary. Yeah. I was kind of comparing it to like even like your best friend that you kind of like chill with all the time and he'll be like, man, you're going to love this thing. And he like gives it to you and you're like, eh, I don't know. Like, isn't that great? <laughs> like, you know, at the end of the day, it's just going to come down to your preference of of the thing that you're actually sitting there and watching. And uh, I don't know, just re reviews are everybody puts a lot of importance on it, on the scores and the numbers and stuff. And yeah. Like, look, everybody's just making these up as they go, man. <laughs> it's, it's such a reductionist way of looking at things, especially things that we want to try to treat like art. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine if people tried to actually review art the same way? Like, yeah, the Starry Night's kind of like a an eight out of ten. It's a little too much blue. I mean, it looks nice, <laughs> but like I've seen yeah. paintings with better graphics. And 
yeah. just it's like just... it's insufferable. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I like the GamePro metric. It's because it, like they broke it down. Just like, all right, you talking about controls? Like, all right, good. They're tight. Graphics, mm-hmm. they're great. Sound, hey, they did a pretty good job. Fun factor, fuck yeah, it's a good time. And then it would have like difficulty on the side and be like adjustable. Like if you could change it, or it was like this game is hard as fuck. Like you know, it's just all right. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm I'm down. That's all I need to know. Do you remember OneUp.com? They had a pretty good rating system. What was that? Uh, it was like A plus to F based on how well they thought the game executed what it was trying to go for Ooh, okay like survive would like get like an a plus then right or like a like an a because <laughs> what it was trying to do it did pretty well right no, I, there's yeah. a question for yeah, you, max. No, that's the yeah, hey, right Ma- yeah max take over man. <laughs> what let's go survive talk what <laughs> to give a score? What do you know? What do you think it survived? Well, in terms of just uh, trying to tarnish a legacy and piss everybody in the audience <laughs> off, I give it an SSS rating. SSS. Oh. <laughs> well, let's let's do Japanese rhythm game but- rankings for ratings. <laughs> I'm down with that. Hmm. This game, this game got a full clear, y'all. You're unnatural. Yeah. <laughs> Whack. But as a tower defense multiplayer horde survival game, it did all right. Like doing what it was trying to do, not what everybody expected, whatever the fuck they expected it to be. I don't know. Well, I mean, like, look, I'm just, uh, you're, I mean, I, you were, you were, <laughs> Go ahead. No, I'm, all, I'm all good, dude. I'm like the one champion of survival. You're in the corner now, Max. No, no, Let's I go. wasn't, sh- I wasn't <laughs> sure exactly what you were asking me. Like, if you were just asking me uh, on the basis of whether it accomplished what it set out to do, uh, like, <laughs> Like, was I supposed to give a serious answer to that or give a funny answer? No, we're just we're just screwing around. Oh, okay. No, that's like, yeah, no, go ahead. Like, I mean, how do you feel about it? Like, I mean, it seems like it you seem like it it tarnished a legacy. All right. Noted. And and okay. well, well, if you're (laughs) if you're just looking at the game as a game and not like with all the baggage that it's attached to it, it's a spinoff. So we shouldn't weigh it in as a as a numbered saga or anything like if Mario Kart, you know, was in. Like, if we're like, oh, Mario Kart doesn't have enough platforming, it's like, all right, what are we doing? Like, that's yeah. not what it's here to do. <laughs> As if I were, if I were to just take away the bias of everything around it and just look at it, it's like, meh. Okay, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. It's fine. I always look at it like, hey, it's on sale for Steam for $10. I'm going to buy it when that happens. Yeah. That's, that's my review. It's like a weird, spooky kind of Metal Gear where it's like a tiny bit more horror-based and like you're just like isolated more. And yeah, it doesn't have like the story elements. Yeah, it's a B-movie and the the characters all suck. But like the the gameplay, it's still like Fox Engine. Apache, you even rated it above the Phantom Pain earlier. I, I do. I, I've been waiting to say I genuinely okay. think Survive is better than the Phantom Pain. <laughs> I, I was like, after I replayed TPP, I was like, wow, I'm not going to subject the world to my opinion on the Phantom Pain. The world just doesn't need that kind of discourse. And then about <laughs> five minutes later, I was like, eh. <laughs> But you think they get, the world can handle you saying that Metal Gear Survive is better than the Phantom Pain? Um, like, I'm, like, I mean, like, the, <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Like, just like the, I celebrate that that's your opinion, you know, because yeah. all art is subjective, but that's not what most people tend to think. Uh, it's a good thing we don't have an address because we'd get letters. Uh, people yeah, have already right. come for me for less, so 
Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, at this point, it's like, I may as well just say how I feel. Here's the thing, like, yeah, Max, like, I enjoyed it since the beta. Like, I kind of just, like, went like, all right, guys, it's a spinoff. Let's not take this seriously. Let's kind of go in and see what it's trying to do. And I was like, all right, cool. It's the Fox engine plus melee controls. Great. All mm-hmm. right, cool. It's not, it's not just poking the zombie through the fence. Like, do that on anything past the first chapter and see how quickly you get fucked up. Like, you know, the game progressed more as you got into it. The move set opened up. And that's like, yeah, the story was dog shit. I'm not going to try to champion the story or anything or the, or the characters even. That was all really dull. But just like as a game, just a, just not even a Metal Gear game, but as a game, it was a good time. Okay. And especially like the multiplayer when we all got in there and we're just doing like the big hordes and like even the the lobby itself. Like me and Nitroid, there's there's video evidence of him on YouTube with us all in a party <laughs> having a great time. <laughs> uh, we, we keep holding that up against them. But uh, yeah, I mean... You know, just as a video game, it's like, hey, this this is a good time. I think the devs kind of wanted to just expand on this engine a little bit, you know, have a little fun, and then everybody looks at it as this like evil thing that was like, you know, I don't know. It's it it kind of just didn't deserve all of that hate, just as a as a video game spinoff, in my opinion. And it, well, like, I had a pretty good time watching the uh, the Shagohod like drifting around and <laughs> piloting Metal Gear Rex and just blasting zombies. Are you know, for a game, it's like, well, shit, that's that's pretty fun. Well, um, it was scratching an itch that a lot of people had, which was the, you know, the absence of co-op in MGSV. Yeah, and just more Fox Engine, like, stuff. Like, I was, I was just like, man, give me that. And everybody complained when we got it. And I was like, all right, whatever. Like, we were playing baseball with grenades in the waiting room, you know? Yeah, like, so where fun. one of us would have a club and the other would throw a grenade and we'd just, like, crack it back. <laughs> yeah. And you could you could do stuff like that. There was There were those little weird emergent behaviors, but it just, it never you know, it didn't catch on and, and there wasn't enough range for it to sort of to sort of go anywhere with all that. But Okay. To what you just said and to Apache's argument, do you feel like okay, there's a big argument that with MGS five, you know, despite the variety in gameplay, you can mostly accomplish everything with a tranquilizer pistol and a Fulton system. Not when they put the helmets on, but but you get my point, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty much, yeah. The question I'm getting to is that do you feel like there is more organic emergent gameplay in Metal Gear Survive just inherently by the fact that there's sort of, uh, uh, like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what. Mm. Yes. <laughs> like, I'll, like uh, there's so much more gameplay variety in Survive than than the Phantom Pain, I would say. Like, just with the different traps and different things that you can set up there with the enemies, I would say. Because it's an expansion on what's already there. But it's in a different context. Sure, but I'm saying there is more gameplay variety in Survive, I think, than just, like, running around shooting Fulton or however you want to deal with them. I mean, you've got your rocket punch and all the different gadgets and stuff, but just Survive had a bunch of goofy, fun shit, like the, uh, what was that, like, oil slick thing where they would, like, fall down on the conveyor belts? Mm. Survive needed to be uh, part of MGO3. Yeah, it needed to be just online mode, yeah. And and to be clear, it's not just because of, you know, the whole idea that you can get away with uh, with just a tranquilizer pistol, but also the element of, like, there's co-op, you know, there's more variety of weapons because you're dealing with a different type of, like, enemy, um, or more variety of enemies, but I don't want to get anybody any more hate mail than we're probably going to get from this conversation. I don't know. You know, man, we don't care. I mean, the buddy system in the Phantom Pain was something different, but, I mean, that that kind of gets replaced by the co-op. You know, I mean, if Survive had co-op, 
And if Kojima was still involved when it came out, people would have fucking loved it. That's that's all I'll say. You, we can you move know, on to the next subject. I was going to say, I feel like we're kind of monopolizing the conversation here. Yeah, <laughs> okay. um, yeah sorry, Max. Uh, no, it's okay. Can, can I just uh, offer one small, uh, not not a counterpoint, but just something to consider sure. uh, in regards to the whole emergent dynamic gameplay of Metal Gear Survive? That's true to an extent in terms of the official stuff that it lets you do. But one of the great things about Metal Gear Solid uh, prior to Survive, the, the, the entire series, is that there's a large contingent of people that played that game that challenged themselves to play it in different ways. So yes, you could accomplish things uh, using a tranquilizer gun and trying to do stealth, going for the big boss run, but you could also go in all guns blazing, mm-hmm. trying to do a lot of the stuff that DRK does on his streams, right? Yeah. yeah, but that's something that a lot of Metal Gear Solid players do. That's what I've done my entire life. So maybe not officially in terms of uh, like the stuff that the game already provides you right off the bat, but just sort of that emerging gameplay that people created for themselves. You know what I'm trying to say? Well, yeah, yeah. I know what you're trying yeah. to say, but I'm factoring yeah. that in as well. Okay, okay. Fair enough. No, I, I do get, yeah, I, I follow you. Both games definitely had a lot of like sandbox opportunities to just come at it in a different way, like however you wanted to kind of. I don't know if I, again, we, I know we've, this is something else we've talked about is whether or not we would call any of these games a sandbox, but these, the, but they do sort of have emergent properties that, aren't immediately obvious. I think MGS3 is a fantastic example of this, and Apache mm. could probably mm. speak to it way better than I could. But if you've ever seen any of, uh, like, Big Saru's videos where he'll set up these crazy, like, Rube Goldberg machines, yeah. <laughs> um, it's just, it's wild, all of the different interactions that all of the various elements in MGS3 can have with one another. Yeah. I was talking to Apache about that one time recently. Uh, you know, we were talking about, like, oh, what what makes, you know, this this game so important to you why do you like it you know back back when we were talking about oh is it the cut scenes or is it the gun accuracy and i was like no i need and apache rephrased it in a better way but i was like i need just like a sandbox area where i can do stealth bullshit or fuck around like i just i need this open-endedness to my gameplay and to me that's kind of like what metal gear is but apache like reworded that and i was like yep that and i, I don't remember what he said but you, you could probably like, yeah i'm 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 not 100 percent sure what exactly what I said, but it it just gives you like it gives you like a playground and kind of like a toolbox to play with. A playground, yep. You can just go, you can just go kind of like mess around with it and poke around in it, and yeah, it's just endlessly entertaining to me. And it, and just just up to that point on we talk about survive. Um, I think if survive was fully co-op, it would have already been reappraised as a good game because when it came out, it was tone deaf. and and there was backlash to it. But if it was like fully co-op, I honestly think people would be saying it's it's a good game now. Um, but it's not, so it isn't. <laughs> and eventually it'll be unplayable. True. Yeah. I mean, we're already seeing uh, MGSV going off servers for PS5 people, at least temporarily. I don't know. There's, It's been kind of unstable here, at least for the past few days, apparently, for some people. Oh, really? Oh, jeez. Yeah, they just haven't been able to like log into the server. Or, but it's weird because The Phantom Pain is a PS4 game, you know, and anybody playing it on PS5 is just kind of playing it on the PS5. So I don't, I don't know if that's like a, a connectivity thing between the two consoles. I've seen like some mm. some games will have that disclaimer, like not all features on PS4 will be mm. available on PS5. So that's someone sent me a DM this morning. I was like, hey man, servers have been down for three days. Just letting you know. And I'm just like, huh, all right. I'm like region one. Meanwhile, the Peace Walker servers will be up till the end of time. Yeah. <laughs> Knock on wood. Well, it's so funny because honestly, this sh- this conversation probably should have started with Metal Gear Solid 1's 25th anniversary. But mm. God, I'm so sorry for putting it off on this tangent. 
Uh, <laughs> happy 25th anniversary, Metal Gear Solid 1. Woohoo! A 10 out of 10 game. Yeah, my yes. one of my other 10 out of 10s. <laughs> yeah, uh, for those that missed it, we actually did a panel with, um, I hosted it with uh, Eric Marks, and uh, it was originally just going to be David Hader and Chris Zimmerman Salter, and I was kind of just going to be running the Discord and tech checking everybody and getting everybody like okay to use Discord so we could stream to YouTube and stuff. And then Eric was like, well, wait, what if we brought like Christopher Randolph and Kim, my guest and Vanessa Marshall on too. And I was just like, guess I got more tech checks to do, but you know, we, we got everybody involved and, uh, they, they did like live, uh, auditions and like readings with, with, uh, Chris Zimmerman Salter, giving them like cues and stuff. Yes. I'm gonna let you do a run through and then give you some thoughts. Okay. Freeze. Hands over your head, now. Toss your gun overboard, slowly. The woman. Show your face. You men, you're all the same. Who are you? We're nomads, wanderers. I said don't move. Americans? So you shoot women too? It was really cool to just see them all in a stream together and, you know, they all act like they're, they're best friends and it, it looks like it. Yeah, just seeing like Otacon like interrupt the panel like with like, the, you know, I had to like queue up a codex sound when Eric like touched his ear type deal and... One sec. I'm getting a call. What? You guys, I... Like a codec? Could it be? Snake! Otacon! What the hell? What are you doing? Were you hiding in a locker? <laughs> yeah, yes. I was. All of a sudden, Otacon showed up to the panel and everybody was like, oh shit. So that was a really, really cool panel with a lot of fun little trivial moments. Like, uh... <laughs> yeah, no, I love the sort of behind the scenes that we learned. Um, things like, you know, apparently Kojima and Chris had a camaraderie moment with a yo yo. Uh, yeah. He did a trick and then she did a super trick. Uh, and then there was an element where, you know, everybody knows David Hayter's Metal Gear. Um, he, apparently, it, you know, it, it didn't come really organically at first. Um, then Chris had told David Hayter to say something like, hey, say, say, how would you say Richard Gear?" And that's that's kind of they describe it better in the in the show. But lots of really cool behind the scenes stories. Um, just cool panel overall. But yeah, it's just cool. Those little like inflections and mood shifts. And, you know, that that I really like that about, you know, Chris showing up to the event and being like, no, like, you know, we, we had to do these small little adjustments to the performance. And then when they did the performance, you know, and, and the fact that they recorded MGS one in 10 days, like that was that was talked about. That's nuts. All that dialogue recorded in 10 days and, and the speed that they did it with, you know, we kind of saw how fast Chris works and she's like, do it, but don't suck as much. <laughs> Like on the next take, she would literally say that to him. They'd be like, all right, cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was just a great panel. It's it's on YouTube on the uh, MGS Con uh, channel if you haven't seen it. It's, it's a good panel. Max, um, you, were, you were saying before about MGS 1 having not played 1 and 2 uh, beforehand. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, how, what, what got you into Metal Gear Solid? Like, what was that first experience like? Well, my earliest, this is no joke, my earliest childhood memory was watching my father play Metal Gear Solid 1 when I was five, which explains 
so much about why I'm so messed up right now. No, but I just, hell yeah, brother. That's, yeah, that's exactly how I came in. I am yeah. so old. Yeah, but I. That's how I got introduced to it. I just I saw the stuff that my dad was doing, like the whole psychomantis reading the memory card thing, and uh, all all this. Like I couldn't comprehend what I was seeing, but I just knew that it was cool, and it was deep even though i didn't really know what it meant for something to be deep at the age of five you know and then i've just been obsessed with the series ever since uh, you know that's awesome one two three four five and then one and two uh metal gear one and two later on yeah i mean that's really early to come into it too like i'm trying to you know i'm sitting there thinking it's like yeah i was it's a it's a 1998 it's like yeah i was like 11 with mgs1 but like five that's like I love uh, revisiting content, you know, to like the stuff that I watched as a kid or whatever, like as I'm older, yeah. like, let me watch it with the brain I've got now and see what's up. And it's just like, damn, but like five-year-old you must've been like, holy shit. <laughs> like you're just like yeah. blown away by these things. I don't know. That's really fun to think about. Yeah. You, you look at like the, the, the blood hallway after the ninja tears everybody up and you don't know what you're looking at. Thankfully it was uh, all like low quality graphics at the time. So you, yeah, I, I could process in my mind that I was looking at dead bodies and <laughs> but stuff. But still, the nightmares yeah. that ensued, I mean, you know, it's uh, immeasurable, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> it, it was worth it, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would have, I from, like, I think I tweeted about this in the 25th birthday, from, like, 7 to, like, 17, I had nightmares about Psycho Mantis, like, taking over sure. my game beyond just, you know, the actual tricks in the actual game, like, actually coming out of the tv but some some of the ring type shit before the ring came to america i was about to say did you watch the ring too around that time it just kind of blended together this like no it wasn't even like a thing yet (laughs) yeah yeah i was a i was a teenager i was 13 when mgs1 came out but but i had played metal gear one and then later metal gear two before that nice hipster My my dad gave me. I've, I've told this story here. It's just it's cool that that we both have dad stories about getting into Metal Gear. Mm-hmm. Um, but my dad bought me a copy of Metal Gear on NES. Um, and and that sort of you know that was probably the biggest mistake he ever made. Mm-hmm. Like thanks, Dad. I'm still here. Like three decades later, you jerk. So had you had you played any of the? Uh, well, probably not. If if you were five at ninety, yeah. So you didn't play any of the NES stuff before. It was just right at MGS one. Yeah, pr- pretty much. Yeah, like uh, I think the, it was at the age of five that I actually started playing video games. My dad got the PlayStation mm. One, and he got a whole bunch of games from his friend AJ. And uh, Metal Gear Solid just happened to be one of them. And gotcha. I was like, "Wow, this is so cool!" But then my dad was like, oh, "Okay, well, maybe you shouldn't play this game because it's not really for kids." Here's some Crash Bandicoot <laughs> and Spyro. Yeah, you know. So Too late. it's a little fucked, huh? But the thing is, he didn't really lock up the games when he put them away, and I tried to play every single one of them. And uh, yeah, one of them was Metal Gear Solid One. Get this, another one of them was Silent Hill One. <laughs> oh jeez! And I played that game at six, and like you walk down the the spooky uh, hallway with all the blood, guts, and ass everywhere, and then yeah. you see the guy tied up to the the chain link fence. It's like, what am I looking at? Hold on, at six years old, did you? How did you get that piano puzzle? At six. <laughs> oh no, I didn't. I didn't. I like. I just the furthest I got in that game, I think, was like the very first time the world around you goes dark. Uh, I just played it over and over again just to play it, like the opening, just because. Yeah, 
I didn't know what I was looking at, but it was cool. Yeah. You know, that's sort of how a little kid's brain functions, right? It'll harden you up, though. Dude, yeah, I missed that time. Like, you didn't you didn't know what the fuck you were doing. You would just, like, get to wherever and die and be like, all right, cool, reset. Right, next game. Redo it again. Yeah, or much. just like, nah, switch out next game. Yeah, it was just this, man, I'm trying to, because that's, like, what Metal Gear first was for me. It was just in that pile of NES cartridges where it was just like, all right, new game, time to play this one for a bit. Like, because mm-hmm. I had, like, an older brother and an older cousin that just had, like, a whole you know, Tupperware thing of, of NES games. So it was just like one of those other games. I was like, this one's hard, you know? And then like, I was like, remember that, remember that Metal Gear game? Now they're making a new one called Metal Gear Solid. And it's like, no, that sounds stupid. Mm. Like, <laughs> you know, but then I played that demo and was like, fuck, this game rules. That Pizza Hut demo, man. Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I pretty much had the, the same experience as you. And I, I always wondered from watching your videos because we have a lot of like, like overlapping interest games and and interests that we're into i always assumed that we were the same age and it, and it does turn out we are based on like the age played metal gear but i actually i played it a year later because i'm um unfortunately british and we didn't get it till later <laughs> came out came out a year later yeah. that's the title for this episode unfortunately british <laughs> <laughs> just a big picture of liquid <laughs> but yeah I did, I did want to say like my my favorite video you've ever done obviously like i found your stuff because of the most profound moment in gaming history mm-hmm. but i think my favorite video that you've ever done and i'm reluctant to call it the best because um you know then we'll start arguing about what a 10 out of 10 video is or, <laughs> um, right. uh, you know a video essay of the year um i like the deus ex one um i absolutely love that oh, video it's you. one i always rewatch. um is it the is it which one because i've done two sorry yeah the the other most profound moment in gaming history ah okay okay yeah thank you dude where does um deus ex rate for you like obviously a huge metal gear fan like where where is it is it like right up there with it like right in terms of what just like what i think of it overall yeah and and like i guess where the series has gone um now with the with the most recent iterations as well well i'll be honest i haven't i haven't played deus ex beyond um the first one i i haven't gotten to invisible war um the, the other two, because when I did my most profound moment in gaming history video, the one game that people offered as an alternative to my suggestion was Deus Ex and said it was better because it came out a year earlier. Uh, so I played it just to see if they were right. And oddly enough, even though I don't think the moment in, that people were referring me to was more profound, I will say that and this is significant because Metal Gear Solid 2 is my favorite game of all time. I think Deus Ex 1 is a more profound game than Metal Gear Solid 2. And it's close. I'm, yeah, I'm but just I'm just slight margin. I'm I'm just yeah, I'm just th- I'm just thinking about that. I think I feel like I just haven't gone and revisited it as many times and I was very young uh when mm. when I played it for the first time and and, and, and yeah, like it is exceptional. It's exceptional. Dude, you're to be fair, dude, your Deus Ex is Vampire the Masquerade. Not true. True and 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 like, <laughs> have, have you um, have you played uh the the original Fallout? I feel like that's got no, quite, I haven't. I feel like that's yeah. got quite a profound moment as well, and I, I I'm reluctant to put it in the same bracket as a Deus Ex and MGS two, but like it, it it's up there somewhere. It's definitely up there mm-hmm. somewhere. I will get around to it, though, because I did play a, a game made by the same company uh, that made Fallout 1 and 2 recently. It's a game called Planescape Torment. Oh, nice. And mm. that game is off the chain in terms of storytelling and just deep moments. So if I can get more of that with Fallout 1 and 2, absolutely. But, yeah, you know, it's 
ever since I did that video, the most profound moment in gaming history, people have been offering me alternatives and my channel's direction since then has been to just look into all these alternatives and then rank order them. So I will get around to follow one eventually. It's just, you know, there's so many great games with so many great stories that I got to get to. Yeah. That's a better feeling though, isn't it? It's like, rather than thinking, oh, we'll never, we'll never play anything as good as this. It's like, look at all these games I have to play. Look at all these films I mm -hmm. have to watch. And, uh, Dude, that's how I feel about 2023, man. About these games. Oh, so many. Yeah. I I just cracked into Baldur's Gate 3, and I'm like waiting for those profound moments. And I'm not <laughs> talking about fucking the bear. Like, <laughs> <laughs> plenty of profound moments. Yeah. Jesus. No, it does seem like we're getting a whole batch of games here, like all at once. I mean, we're getting, you know, a lot of people are caught by Starfield right now, and you know, there's Baldur's Gate. It's been kind of just. It completely like wiped the Final Fantasy 16 to score off the map. I don't know. <laughs> Just mm -hmm. I've been having a good old time with Sea of Stars. Yeah, that's another. Yeah, one. I've heard that game is off the chain as yeah. well. Like, I mean, it, my yeah. wife has been playing it, and a friend of mine has been playing it. They both say it's one of the best games they've ever played because it follows the Chrono Trigger formula. And just you exactly know, as we said earlier, it's going to be a ten out of ten probably. Yeah, but it's also got so many subtle nods and references and elements borrowed from like other JRPGs of its ilk. So like, it's pulling from Super Mario RPG. It's pulling from Breath of Fire three. Mm -hmm. It's it's doing all of these very little creative things to sort of take those ideas and spin them in a different way i'd say the pacing is probably the thing that it gets the most from chrono trigger it definitely has the sort the same sort of rhythm overall but but like moment to moment it feels a little closer to like mario rpg but a little more serious um it just it, it never comes off as hand-fisted though it's really yeah i haven't had as much fun with a game in quite a while like it's scratching a very old itch yeah because that's coming out on physical like next year and yeah, i think i'm, I'm just gonna that. wait for that and just get that version of it yeah just got a big old backlog right now in no time. Yeah. But at least we got Death Stranding on iPhone 15 available <laughs> coming. That that David Lynch clip of about watching <laughs> movies on a phone is going to get so much use. It's a, such a sadness that you think you've seen a film on your fucking telephone. Get real. God. Oh, man. People, I'm, I like, I know that it's the same. It's pretty much like the same phone, but I know that other people that are going to just like hordes of people are going to upgrade just so they can have USB-C. And I kind of don't blame them. Yeah, no, yeah. fuck lighting. It's awful. Um, let's see. Other Kojima updates. We got the stationary pack. Uh, <laughs> man, we got to change frequencies here. Um, let's see. Hold on. I'm looking at the notes here about the stationary pack because I saw that. Is it actually $169? No, that's just what I valued it at personally. Oh, okay. I was like, oh my God. But would you be surprised if it was $169 Nitro? No, I would not. I don't understand why all of his merchandise is so luxury. It's fucking scissors and tape. Dude, I, you know, I see all this, this stationary kit and this merchandise and I go over to the Konami booth and I see like, the hat with the exclamation point and i tell my friends going to tgs i'm like please try to get me that hat yeah that hat kicks ass like i don't know metal gear up kojima down right now i don't know it's... i just want him to do something yeah it's literally that that poke him with the stick meme which is like come on do something like quit posting legos god damn it i don't know the thing we all know though really is like 
He's cooking some death training too right now. He can't show any of it, so he's just showing all this other shit. So well, it's it's three projects, right? You know, yeah. That's some, it, there's a bunch that he probably can't show. So it's you know we're we're getting that in between Kojima part where it's like not even trailers and hype stuff yet. It's just the the other. Yeah, you, you, I don't know if you guys remember when when he quote unquote submerged during MGS2's development, where there was like a whole year where there was just nothing. Because they were deep in development. He just wasn't tweeting on Twitter or anything or yeah. Facebook or anything? Yeah, the second, I think it was the second trailer for MGS2 that they put. It might have been the third trailer. <laughs> Night tried. What? I was, I was saying, like, he wasn't tweeting back in 2001. Oh, right. Oh, <laughs> he lost, right. Yeah. He lost the joke completely. It's fine. Yeah, I did. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, he, uh, one of the trailers that he put out was either the second or third trailer for the game. Uh, at the end of it said, MGS2 submerges. And the, the idea was that, like, all right, we're going to shut up now because we've got work to do. Mm. And for 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 several months, I think it might have been about a year. There was just nothing. That's cool, though. Like, I, I like that. Like, radio silence. Like, y'all know yeah. we're working on it. Shut up. Like, <laughs> leave us alone. Yeah, let us fucking focus. If you leave us alone and we just focus, we'll get it to you sooner and it'll be better. Yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, guys, I sorry. I got to go in like 10 minutes. Is yeah, that all okay? good, man. Yep. That's okay. about my <laughs> time. Where I wanted to talk of? to you about Final Fantasy VIII so bad. Oh, oh okay. I already checked that off the list because we mentioned it. <laughs> no. I recently discovered for- the song Force Your Way. Not recently, but I recently found out that Force Your Way from 14, the Eden series, is actually a, a-, a Final Fantasy VIII theme. Yeah. I know I probably should have known this like seven years ago or some shit, but it's so fucking good. Yeah. And And the piano, oh my God. But please talk about eight or whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> I mean, I was I was being a little half serious, but yeah, Max, like, what do you got going on right now? Like video wise, project wise, like. So uh, l- let's see. Well, I've it's a whole bunch of things that I usually have out in front of me. And then wherever my interest sort of takes me that particular week, I try to go for it. This past week was a real pain trying to get my newest video constructed because my PC just kept having issues. Um, so this coming week, I'm going to try and take it easy, do something smaller. Um, I think the next video I'm going to do is something that people have been requesting for a while is uh, something regarding alchemy. So for people who are listening to this, who don't know this element about me, I talk a lot about the ancient esoteric religious tradition of alchemy. Uh, and it's the way it's applied often in popular media to sort of convey subtle messages. Um, because I've talked about it a lot, people are asking me, okay, how do I get into it? Uh, what books should I read? Because it seems really interesting. So I'm going to do that. And then Liza P is coming out the week after that. I might try to see if I could blast my way through that and see if I could do something on that. But then October rolls around and then going to do a whole bunch of horror theme stuff. Maybe Silent Hill. We'll have to see. Yes. Nice. Yeah, that's that's it. I, I mean, like I got other stuff beyond that, but, you know, I want to keep things a surprise. That's cool, though. Like, yeah, you've got like, you know, you've got like kind of your plans for like the seasonal stuff and just like, hey, but I also just like like this, you know, that seems like a, a big part of like a successful YouTuber is just like doing something that you also just like really just enjoy. And it's like, if this is my audience, cool. But like, if not, fuck them, I'm going to put this out there. <laughs> like, you know, like even if this is like what my main <laughs> audience draw is, it's like, I'm going to talk about Ninja Turtles now. Yeah, I, I get I can only actually only do that, though, uh, once in a while. And usually it's... Yeah, no, YouTube is so restrictive to against that type of behavior. Like, I get it. Yeah, the SEO of it just yeah. makes it 
but no, it's, it's still cool that you're just like, I don't, you know, I'm still going to like talk about the stuff that I'm into currently and just say, screw that. Like, yeah, it's a game that we all have to play with this stuff. But yeah, that's right. Right. I understand what you mean. Yeah. I'm really happy that um, the uh, Full Metal Alchemist video you did is like one of, one of your biggest videos then. I, I do enjoy oh, that yeah. video. And that's cool that it's like something so personal to you. Yeah, it, I I don't think I've ever had as much fun putting a video together as I did making those Full Metal Alchemist videos. Just... I, it, as somebody who, so I study esoteric traditions a lot beyond alchemy. Like I study magic, the occult, um, just to see where people's minds really went when they were creating these ideas. Not because mm-hmm. I actually have a significant belief in them, um, but reading them and then watching Full Metal Alchemist, it's amazing how many references there are to some of these just really, really obscure concepts. And not mm-hmm. only that, how it uses them so accurately and how they all interrelate with each other. It's just, it's a work of, it's a work of art when it comes to subtext. Yeah. And I would recommend it to everybody. I really enjoyed, uh, I haven't finished. Are are we talking brotherhood or are we talking about brotherhood? Okay. Okay. Uh, the original I watched all the way through and really enjoyed that. And I started brotherhood and I was like, Oh, I see that this is the better one, but just didn't get around to finishing it. But, uh, yeah, no, I I love that series. It was was a good time. Mm -hmm. Hey, Apache, remember that dog scene with the the whole, uh, (laughs) Yeah, fuck you too with that tweet. <laughs> Make everybody sad right now. That's, 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 a, that's a once a year one. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, there there is so many more harrowing moments in that in that show. That, oh, yeah, that's so that's good. just like one of you know that 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 gets on the top ten list. But because it's early, everyone yeah. like more people have seen it, I guess. But that show has so many harrowing moments. I, 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 not that even that. I say I'm not that big on anime, and then I, and then I talk about all the anime I like, but I don't I don't watch it every week or whatever. But yeah. I do, I do love that show. Um, but yeah, you also you also talk about stuff like uh, synchronicity, um, which I you know mm. I've, I've spoken about synchronicity like my whole life, and people just kind of look for you like what are you talking about. Um, so this, that's no yeah. Um, I I like Max's videos. Everyone go watch them. <laughs> yeah it's uh i talk a lot about about a bunch of whole niche subjects that i just find really interesting and i suppose i attract a whole bunch of people that also like really niche subjects and just looking to expand their mind beyond conventional knowledge that's really cool man hey nerd you like video games come in here and then they get in and you're like so this is alchemy (laughs) so this is what an existential crisis is like (laughs) but yeah max uh if people want to find you uh you know online and you know on on social media and stuff where can uh, if you want to plug like where people can find you sure uh well my my name is my youtube channels is the same as my name it's max derrett and uh my last name is spelled d-e-r-r-a-t i do tend to focus on video games but i also do tend to sometimes provide analysis of books and movies and television shows and they tend to revolve around like the central thing that i try to do with my channel is try to use popular media as a way of communicating really deep ideas be they in the realm of philosophy, psychology, uh, mythology, science, and use that as a way to sort of get people interested in higher education, I suppose. And uh, so far it's gone really well. And hopefully I can continue to do it for the near future. And uh, hopefully I can return to Metal Gear Solid sometime in the near future when it returns and continue to do it with that. Awesome, man. Looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. Man, I feel like we barely got started today. 
Yeah. Hey, well, I just gave an excuse for me to come back and we can talk about Final Absolutely. Fantasy VIII. <laughs> Yes, oh, yeah. absolutely. Because uh, God, I, I was like, oh man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring up so many things. I want to get his opinion on these. Have you just real quick? Have you, have you played through it yet? I know you were planning to. Yes, yeah, yeah, I completed it. Okay, I you did complete it. Yes, I really enjoy it. I think it's my favorite music in the series. Second favorite combat system. Yes, I know the junction system is broken to everybody bringing that up, but that's why I love it. Um, yes. And then, yes. But in regards to the story, <laughs> I, I would say like concepts in the story, I think are some of the most brilliant in the series, but in terms of execution, it's sort of middling for me. I think there are parts of it that are just off the chain, like some of the best that I've seen in a Final Fantasy game, but other times it's like, Really, that that makes no sense. But overall, really damn good game. We are so close in alignment on this. I, God, I want to talk to you about this. Okay. <laughs> well, and invite me. I'll next time uh, we can, like, we'll talk uh, offline uh, about coming back, and then be happy to do that. Yeah. Yes, absolutely, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Again, Max. Really appreciate it. Thank you so All much. All right. Thanks, Max. Great. All right. Take care. <laughs>